How's it going, Mark? Good to be back. <laughs> you guys enjoyed me so much last week. I guess I'm back now. Yeah, Chris. Uh, Chris is still on vacation here, so he'll be back next week. Um, great to have you back again, though, uh, especially because there's a lot more college football news than there is NFL news this week. So, very true. We'll get right into it. Uh, Big Ten, Max, Mountain West and Pac-12 have all canceled their football seasons. Um, and they're looking to play in the spring, which I'm not sure if it's going to work. What do we do? Can you imagine if the SEC follows suit in the future? Um, no, but the MAC was the first one to come out with it. And then the Big Ten and Pac-12 kind of got together and, and decided to go in that direction. Obviously, they play the Rose Bowl together, so um, they're going to be hook and ladder. Um, with each other if you want to talk about safety is the reason to do it here is my first thing that needs to be said cancel it until next fall because are you really doing any of the players favors when you're asking them to play in the spring and then turn around and play in the fall again that's two seasons in one calendar year we know um, concussions ACL injuries um, heat stroke, whatever it may be, you're upping the ante even more with two seasons in one calendar year. Yeah, and the, the SEC, ACC, Big 12, all still on track to play. Um, but a lot of, there's especially me being Pennsylvania kid, knowing the Big 10, listening to the Big 10 news, there are a lot of teams in the Big 10 that want to play still. Nebraska, I know. Uh, Penn State, uh, I believe Ohio State as well, they all still want to play. And from what I heard today, which was really kind of a douchebag move by the Big Ten commissioner, is that he said, nope, Nebraska's not going to be able to leave. They're not going to be able to go play somewhere else for this year. So (laughs) I don't know how that's going to work or not. Big thing, you know, piggybacking off that is – I heard someone say it's going to be the wild, wild west with players and teams. Um, I don't want to go that far, but, you know, the NCAA is a vault. People need to remember this, and it's not talked about enough, and I know you know this. The NCAA is a voluntary association, Mm -hmm. and they give a lot of autonomy to Power 5 schools. Um, And if Nebraska really wants to play, or if Jim Harbaugh really wants to play, or – any school that, that comes to mind wants to play, I could see them having no problems if they want to. The one drawback on when they say this is they're going to lose out on a lot of money. Um, you know, everybody, money talks. Money makes the world go, go around, right? And one of the reasons the SEC still wants to play is the SEC network brings in a lot of revenue. And they have slotted times in the fall, and that that's going to look a lot different in the spring. Um and that also brings me back to one thing that I don't like about them calling off the season this this early is everybody said at, at the beginning, all, all the Power 5 ADs, is let's go back to school and see how it looks after two weeks or after the first month, and let's move back a game. And they went ahead and, and just went away with it. That, that may be a different discussion at a different time, but I'm sad that, that ha- that's happened. And I'm enjoying that the SEC – 
right now is taking that approach. Let's see what happens with students. But going back to what we were previously talking about is if they want to play, I could see Nebraska. I mean, I grew up in Missouri, right? I'm big in, outside of St. Louis, a small town, but big time St. Louis Cardinals fan. We talked about that, Blues, Rams. But growing up in the Big 12 country, Nebraska belongs in the Big 12, just like Maryland belongs in the ACC and Syracuse belongs with Georgetown. And the, I mean, this is all messed up because of football. And I think it's irony because now we're coming back full circle and everybody's like, well, I want to play. Well, football, you, you cause Nebraska, you'd still be in the Big 12 <laughs> if you didn't jump, you know. So maybe they need to come back and be a, a member of that. But who's to say that these teams don't play? a schedule and ask the big 12 to join if Michigan or, or Nebraska, or maybe they play the AAC. They're still, you know, we can call it the power four right now. Cause people, no one's talking about that. You have SEC, ACC, big 12 and the AAC said they're playing eight games and four non-conference. So maybe Michigan and Nebraska play a bunch of non-conference and, and hope to play the SEC. Um, so it's a fun discussion. It's still, you know, it's like treading on thin ice. Let's see how far the SEC can go and the ACC and the Big 12. From what I know from a couple sports medicine people is the way that the SEC is, is slated for testing and, and sending the athletes back out into classes and dorms and, you know, there's going to be parties and social interaction and girlfriends that they're moving things back because they can get a handle on it. Like they, they are planning for a rise in COVID testing, COVID positive test, but to get a handle on it before September 26 and to play the season. Your thoughts on that? You think there will be a season? Yes, uh, I do uh, specifically for the SEC um, at least. Um, and just looking at the protocols that the big 12 put out today um what they're doing because the the biggest reason i heard anyways that the big 12 big 10 and pac 12 canceled were because there's a supposedly an a heart condition that comes out yeah. of having covid uh which i wasn't aware of before myocarditis right but what the big 12 has put out is that they're testing uh or after after someone tests positive, um, those people will also receive EKG, uh, troponin blood tests, echocardiogram, and a cardiac MRI, all during their regular weekly COVID testing that they're going to have. Right, that's correct. And so, that I mean that gives you a lot of baselines and then flags along the way and. I'm not saying I'm not being an advocate for it's right or wrong, but at some point in time in your life, you do take, if you continue to play football and your, your goal is to go to the NFL or your goal was to come to Georgia and play, you're taking risk, whether that is concussions mm -hmm. or ACL injuries. And, um, as much as people say that we need voices in America, well, the players are saying they want to play. If the players want to play, there needs to be some way to hear that. Now, there's liability issues, there's things as waivers, and I'm not asking for fans to be in the stadium, but 
if they can join a union and say, we need this, this, and this, which they should be, and we've talked about them getting ahead of the NCAA and the NCAA being retroactive, right now the NCAA is almost like they're just sitting back here saying, again, this is a voluntary association. Power fives, you have enough autonomy. You guys figure it out. So the Pac-12 and Big Ten said, we're not going, going to play. And now you have other conferences that are saying, we can vet this or reasonably do our best. Um, and that's where it goes back to me. I just, I've, I've told this to other sports managers. I've told this to my family is it's almost like a sense that the Pac-12 and Big Ten are saying, okay, we'll play in the spring. Well, what happens in the spring and the numbers are the same way? Yeah. Or it's the same thing. You're really not doing anyone justice. That's why I'm saying ax it. If you think it is a safety thing, then we'll revisit this next fall. If that makes sense, and that's not what everybody wants to hear, but I don't, I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too in this situation. You can't have two seasons. Maybe you can, but then you're going to play a spring season. You have to have adequate time for recovery and practice again. Then you're going to get started late again in the fall. So if you can do all these te- testings and they know that there's going to be some risk associated, then play a season to the best of your ability, and then we'll come back next fall. With all this said and everything we talked about, let's say that a minimum of two conferences play. Let's say that the ACC and SEC play. I think it would be more intriguing to have the Big 12. But let's say those two play. We'll use those two because of Clemson. And they play it out, and they have the champions of their conference, and then there's a national championship of some sort. Do you recognize that as a national championship? Or is there an asterisk? Yeah, that's that's what I was talking with uh, our friend Nate uh, today about that. It, we were talking about the preseason poll, um, how where Georgia was ranked in the preseason coaches poll. Obviously, not the um, not the main poll that matters, the Associated Press. But um, still, it's like how. I don't understand how there can be a national champion when not everyone's playing. And that's why I think Penn State, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, those three from the Big Ten, uh, if they play, I think. Then you can reasonably have one. I mean, I have as friends well. that are I have friends that are totally biased. And you know me, I'm a through and through Georgia Bulldog. I've worked for the university. I love them. Um, gotten my master's from them. Getting my master's from them, sorry. Um is I see all these posts like dog in the Big Ten. We don't need you. Or dog in the Pac-12. One thing that I need to remind all fans out there, if you're watching, and don't get too hurt about this, is we haven't won a national championship since 1980. Yeah. And if I'm mistaken, Ohio State's won some national championships since then. So I, as a fan, want to beat the best of the best. I don't want there to be an SEC season so that we can prove everybody that, you know, down here in the South, it's, it's, you know, the way of life. Yes, it's a way of life, but a true competitor and warrior, especially being in the military, I don't want to be a dead horse. I want to be someone at their full strength. I want everybody involved and I'm going to go and I'm going to go win that trophy. And so I've had these discussions and I've in, you know, and some people are like, ah, and I'm like, I, I w- you can celebrate it if you want, 
but it's not going to be celebrated in the same way. Same same thing that this has nothing to do with football. You can't celebrate someone hitting 400 this season in a 60-game major league season the same way that you did Ted Williams. It's just, it's not, I'm sorry, it's not, you can't. Maybe it's cool, but you can't celebrate it the same way. If you're a true sports fan. Yeah, and I think uh, as well, I was talking about the biggest, or the, the best Big Ten schools, uh, I would also have to include, uh, since the Pac-12 canceled, most likely USC in that conversation would have to uh, play. I think I feel like, um, and I'm blanking on some of the better other. Washington, Pac- I mean, Peterson's a good coach out there. Oregon's been Oregon. in a national championship game. They've lost to Auburn and Cam Newton. Um, they're supposed to be pretty solid. Um, you know, Stanford's tough. So, I mean, you, you have those debates. I mean, we can debate it. I love when we tailgate at Sanford. We can debate it. Like, right. you know, anyone from the Big Ten come down here and play an SEC schedule, they wouldn't be as good. Yeah, that's 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 true. But you're also not going to be as good going to the Big Ten or the Big 12 because the style of football is different. And then – you're not going to be familiar with the schemes of the coaches. It's going to take a few years. And if someone's throwing 60 times a game, we don't do that in the SEC normally. And so, I mean, I guess the best gauge compass is now we have at Mississippi State, guess who we have? Someone that's going to air raid it. Yep. So we got the pirate down there at Mississippi State now. You know, he's been at Texas Tech. He's been at Washington State. He's going to throw it a little bit. And Though they're not on the east side, we're going to eventually see that at, at some point. And if we play a season, we're going to see him this season in his first year with none of his own recruits. So I think it'll be pretty fun to see. Yeah, a couple other things. Um, like when we were talking about the spring season, potentially, uh, I know there were there was something. I forget who said it on Twitter. But there was an idea that got thrown out there because The Rock bought the XFL. Bring in six to eight teams in a bubble uh, filled with players um, that are opting out of the NCAA or that come that are on That's uh, a great idea on teams that have canceled their seasons as well as bringing players that are cut from NFL rosters, bring them into a bubble, play a, I don't know, eight-game season or whatever you want to do. Um, That would give the players more game experience to put on tape for when the uh, NFL draft comes next year, um, as well as it would keep them in more shape than it would just working out by themselves. So I was telling this not to anyone in the sports management field or high school. I've been talking to some ADs in Georgia. You know, what I find funny is Georgia's playing high school sports right now. It might not be football, but they got softball going on. They got volleyball. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, assistant principal Deeds who passed away last night for Oconee County High School. Six long year battle with um, colon cancer. Um, that's a true testament to a warrior. We're going to miss you. We love you. Thinking about your family. Um, but I, I, I propose like two things come to mind about the NCAA altogether about football is everything was working okay for students, right? Like you got along, I got along, we all switched. I know that maybe Georgia would have missed out on some people moving in 
or some other, um, you know, extra money, but you should have just left students at home online and then let the athletes come back to school and play football. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, people would have descended on Athens on Saturday. That would have been another thing to talk about, but that's one day opposed to living in dorms, having parties, going to bars, and, and I'm not saying that's good or bad if they do that. I, I'm not getting into the COVID political debate. What I'm talking about is sports. So it was presidents against ADs butting their heads. So that was one idea to make sure we played football. Just keep – don't have any kids on campus till the end of January. Second thing that I've talked about is most universities are sending kids home right before Thanksgiving and you're not coming back. So let everybody come back. Introduce athletes to the whole population. Don't have any football games. See how many positive you have. Don't have any football games until after everybody leaves. Send everybody home a week before Thanksgiving. Keep the athletes here, test them, quarantine them, and then you go to a football season where what I would propose is SEC East plays SEC East and SEC West plays SEC West. And whoever has the best records is exactly what we what we have for our championship every year, except for you don't have any West opponents or East. You don't play any cross, cross across. You drop the Auburn game. You do all that. You just have a champion for the East and West. And you started, you should have started that. Let's say you send them home before the week before Thanksgiving. You could have started that no later than December 10th, 12th, 15th. And you play that just back-to-back week. You fly home, you take a bus, whatever you do. And you play that up until you have one month to play that up until January 12th. Then you have your championships, and then you let the committee pick your four, and then you go all the way to the national championship, and then you don't have any students come back until February 2nd. You could have played a whole season. I know it's very condensed. You could have played that all in a time frame. You give them three weeks to quarantine, get your test down, and you play a season December till the end of January. Then you have all – you give them their adequate time to recover. You have a late spring practice, and then you come back for fall. And I'm thinking, someone's had to think about this besides me. The, the time is condensed, but it's better ideas than what's going on right now. Let's play when everybody's on campus. Let's do something in the spring where no one to, is together. Like, just do that, and you just push everything back and quarantine people because I know the whole state of North Carolina is done moving from North Carolina and knowing coaches and administrators at the college level or even my in-laws work for NC State. Go Tar Heels. Um, just they're sending all their kids home a week before Thanksgiving, and they're going on a couple Saturdays, which I think is funny because us at Georgia would never go to school on a Saturday. But yeah. there's many ideas, and I'm sure they've been thrown around, but for whatever reason, we're in this predicament, and that that's what brings me back. You either should have gave it a try with students on campus, or you should just wait until next fall. Sorry. You're going to lose some money. Um, you should have an account on a rainy day. I know how much money UGA has in a rainy day account. It might be dwindling because you're spending a ton. I guarantee you we've spent about 700000 on COVID testing. Yeah, and that's the thing. 
it's why why are students uh, able to come back to campus and then you, you don't play football? I, it's, I don't understand, which, like you said, multiple people have said it before. It, the athletes are students too. They're, they're this, it's the same thing. It's just they play a sport instead of, you know, go into freaking math club make, or whatever. You make us a lot of money. Whatever club you want to go to, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. And I think looking at who canceled and who didn't, um, it's literally kind of been just SEC and then the Big Ten. And like the other kind of the other ones kind of like followed along in there. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like if you read, it's nothing that we're going to, we're not giving anyone new information right now. You can see the things that were, were quoted by uni- unanimous ADs. Like you don't want to be the last one to opt out, but you didn't want to be the first one. Well, why are you an athletic director? Like you got to make tough decisions. I'm, I, I can face the noise. You know, I guess that comes with coaching high school basketball for 14 years and a year at the college level is just, okay, I made a bad decision. It's not my player's fault. I should have done better. Coaches don't win games. Coaches prepare their players and players win the games. And if you didn't prepare them correctly, you lost the game for them. And that's something that they should buck up to. Like, you lost all this money. Like the Big Ten and Pac-12 were paying, every institution was paying for COVID testing, left and right. And that's what, you know, Coach Harbaugh, love him or hate him, most people, there's not a lot of in-between for some people, is saying out of the last 385 tests, we've had zero. And so you've spent all this money, and now there's nothing. And you've had us prepare. Oklahoma. They're still in it. They gave their their kids a break. Uh, Coach Riley gave them a break because they've been because their opener's been pushed back to the SEC date. They've had one positive test in the last 285. Asymptomatic quarantine came back, no positive. So you're seeing good results. Now, that is aside from the myocarditis. You're going to have an inflammation of the heart. You don't know how long that's going to be. If there's sudden cardiac arrest. Concussion, you could, people won't, we've talked about concussion, you know, this is a long 25 minute conversation for us, but concussions can be sudden too. You can have a brain bleed and suddenly die. Um, or it can be later on life with CTE. And I'm not trying to compare them, but there is risk in everything you do. There's risk um, getting in your car. There's risk when you get on a ride at Six Flags, there are risks all around us. Um, and it comes down to whatever narrative you want to believe. Do you want to read, you know, social media? Do you want to read the first thing you want on ESPN? Or are you going to look at scientific facts? Or are you going to give it some time and see what happens when students come on campus? If students come on campus and our players are 70% infected, that's a high number. I'm sure if it gets to 30, we're canceling the season, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, let's move on. That's that's a long time. Um, yeah. Long, long way to go still. Um, 
on this thing to see if we can actually get to September 25th and get college football kicked off. And I was saying also uh, this morning that it's just going to be weird uh, playing like two weeks of the NFL season and then being on week three of the NFL season. And, and then, then finally, and <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so um, sticking with college football, though, um, another couple major oh. opt outs um, this past week, Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore and Miami edge rusher Gregory Rousseau um, both opted out. Both projected to be first-round picks, just like most of the other big-name guys that have arrived. And in those conferences between me and you, not not to get on, I mean, the ACC is still alive, but if I'm a Big Ten player and I'm first-round, why am I going to play a spring season? Yeah. Uh, Just to me, it's not – it's giving me a chance, okay, I'm not playing this spring. I don't even have to go to class. Think about it. You're not playing a spring football season. Unless you want your degree, mm-hmm. which that's why we go to school. But if you have a chance to make millions of dollars, you can always come back and use that. They, they, you can stash some money away. You don't have to do all these rules and regulations. You can just prepare for the draft and have a great combine. You're not banged up. Uh, you didn't mess up one game. There's no longer bad film on you if you're projected this way. So a lot of, a lot of angles to think take into consideration yeah and i think I, I think i think a spring season would have a lot more people opt out in my opinion that's I, only in a, that's only an opinion no i agree uh, i think though that opting out these players these big name players opting out as well as if they do play a spring season could impact the draft kind of in the reverse in that there will be a a lot of depth guys that will be able to play that will and get, get and get seen. That That is also a cool thing to see. Some people that maybe they weren't, maybe they were fourth or fifth round projecting guys like, oh, man, we might want to jump up and get them. It, it might yeah. – it, it could make it fun. I could see that. I haven't really thought about it that way. <laughs> that's my – That's my. Uh, that's actually a good way. Thank you. I'm trying, see? To, uh, trying to be a – No dude. one's perfect. I'm not perfect, people. <laughs> That, that's my trying to be a GM in the future mind working that way with the NFL draft. Um, last college thing we have here, um, which we're going to go to the negative side now. Just do away with this program already. Colorado State, um, they, I mean, it doesn't really help that the Mountain West canceled. Canceled. But, um, they, before the Mountain West did that, the, they paused all their football-related activities um, because of racism and verbal abuse allegations uh, from multiple coaches, I believe it was. I didn't read too much into it, um, but obviously, bad. <laughs> um, so last week we had, what, Cal State had the COVID cover-up? I didn't hear about that one. In the news, and now you have Colorado State with racism and verbal abuse. You know, you've had Iowa and all these players. I mean, I players should speak up if this is going on. I know that many institutions do not create an environment to speak up, but they should. And I think if there's an ounce of 
COVID cover-up or an ounce of racism, verbal abuse, and it was covered up, I think they should totally be completely cleaned out, if that makes sense. Like, whole new staff, whole new, you shouldn't say, well, you know, this happened or this happened or it was because of this or he went to this class. I know there's buyouts and stuff, but we just, if we want to move forward in society and especially in sports, things have got to get better and people and players got to know that you have their backs. It's every sport now is player driven. Why wouldn't it be? They're, they're the product. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. And that's why going back to the union, uh, the unionization idea of college football players that I feel like has been an idea for, I don't even know how many years now. Um, but this kind of thing a union can help with um because players can go to their rep and say hey this happened we need to file something against whoever it is or against the school um to to get a grievance put forth um and get it recognized that something is happening so i i apologize and i was I thought it was Colorado State. For some reason, I said Cal State. Um, Cal State is – Colorado State also had the allegations of the COVID-19 cover-up. Yeah. So now you're you're coming out. That's why I said clean it. Like if you – fool me once, fool me twice. We we got issues. Now we're having racism and verbal abuse plus the COVID-19 cover-up. I'm sorry. From – from – Head coach down to strength coach, nutrition. We we just we haven't we have to have a new culture. Sorry, and I know that there's state rules and there has to be investigations. I just you've got to really clean up this program. And if they're already not playing, I don't think there should be spring. I don't think that program should be allowed to play until next fall. Until there's a thorough investigation, you clean it up and you move on. I I definitely agree with that. Uh, we're going to move into the NFL news here from this past week. Uh, first thing, going to go off script here because I just saw the tweet, massive tweet here. Um, Dr. Alan Sills, the main COVID expert for the NFL, put out the uh, test statistics, the COVID test statistics for the NFL here. And um, so out of 9,983 uh, people, tested 170 new positives um, and 2,840 of those were players 53 were positive and out of the 109,075 tests total um, through yesterday 0.46% positive overall and 0.81% positive for players so good news somewhat for the nfl i mean obviously no positives better news but um without having a bubble like the nba and nhl and mls um having under a one percent positivity rate is definitely um a win i would feel like for the nfl at this point oh yeah yeah I'd be. Uh, and i was kind of surprised that they announced today that they were going to stick or I think I didn't read into it, but they said today that they were going to stick with weekly testing, which I think that's fine. 
Uh, I would just have to read into it a little bit more to see if they're continuing with the two to three times a week tests like they were right. doing, or if they're going to do what they did, what they said they were going to do earlier and just go to maybe every other day or every couple of days instead of, you know, like every day testing. So I'll have to read into that more. But yeah, um, a lot of, a lot of numbers. I mean, a lot of numbers overall, um, and the numbers aren't showing terrible things, but it could change. It's a lot of money spent. Again, you know, I'm, I'm someone that does not, um, believe that you have to chase money. If you're smart enough, you can make money work for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're spending this much money on all these tests, you want a season. And and the main thing that you and I both know, and a lot of sports fans forget, is these are all businesses. The NCAA is a business, man. The NFL is a business. The NBA is a business. Major League Baseball is a business. NHL is a everything is a business. These people wouldn't buy teams. These people wouldn't do TV contracts. Players wouldn't sign contracts if it wasn't some sort of a business. Now you get attached to them. You get attached to players. You get attached as a fan. It becomes feelings. You live it out. You pay your money, which is an investment to see all this. So um, I'm glad that they're putting out some of these numbers, and we'll just have to keep tracking it, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, um, and like you said, with fans, uh, I actually heard today as well what the NFL is going to try to do to get fans into the stadiums that um, – teams will allow or states will allow the teams to have fans they're going with a pod approach so it's you know however many people are allowed in a in a pod of people um they're gonna allow those people into the stadium and then just space out the people in their pods um throughout the stadium i keep saying pod and it's awkward but (laughs) well i mean this isn't football related and I don't want to get off track um, but the, the NBA announced uh, earlier today about how they're going to deal with families coming down to the bubble and watching the playoffs and I like the wording that they they use they will not casual relationships will not be allowed inside the bubble so y'all take that for what you want <laughs> all y'all that been waiting at the hotel room you ain't allowed in the bubble yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to more vet kind of transactional news here. Um, Titans edge rusher Vic Beasley Jr. He finally showed up to camp. He had been on the did not report list for a while there for 10 days, actually. And he got fined $500,000. 50 game per day. Um, is the to you that might be you know chump change, but to me you know I'm a, that's a lot of diapers. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no longer in diapers, pull-ups. Sorry, I couldn't even imagine uh, losing fifty thousand dollars a day, uh, which is ridiculous. And, and then on top of that, he fails his physical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was placed on the non-football injury list, and I'm so happy because the Islanders just. Scored. I saw your face. I saw your face. They just half the score, so one, (laughs) we're uh, we're getting somewhere. But 
just to be clear, I'm a Penguins fan, not an Islanders fan, but I hate. Yeah, the I was gonna, I was gonna say that. For you. <laughs> <laughs> hate the Capitals. Uh, who doesn't? I mean, no offense, <laughs> but uh, that's just it's a it's a big time player that didn't you know that was kind of MIA and he shows up and fills his physical. To him, that's going to be a lot of money. Uh, he can probably make that back in local endorsements uh, or at least 50% of it. But um, I saw something that maybe you correct me wrong. He was trying to tell the Titans that he was a high risk to come back to his family if he was around people. I don't know if he was just buying his time, but that was, that was his argument, which I – don't know if he went through the NFL Players Association, but he was trying to say he didn't want to report to the last minute. A, being a veteran, didn't need to, and B, he has a family that if he brought anything back home, they would be high risk. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure um, on that end. I I haven't uh, really seen anything on him other than um, the fines and the NFI list. But yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Uh, but I, at this point, I feel like the team wouldn't buy that. Uh, I mean, he's been there. I mean, they, you, you have to know your players. I think that's just all in all a rabbit hole that is hard to go down. Down, you know. I think I might have brought it up last week. It's just hard. COVID is unprecedented times, right? It's things we haven't seen since the Spanish flu, and no one's really alive to give us great intel they might be but they're at an older age and um, that was like 1918 yeah, um, yeah you know what happens if a high school coach gets sick during the season you know and you have to quarantine for x amount of times is it your are you using your sick days are these free days and then if think about it in the professional realm you have this contract and what if your agent gives you advice to tell the team that you're your high, you know, risk at it, but then you don't have any proof. Well, then did your agent give you bad advice? Does the agent know you better? I mean, there's a lot of things that are already written, but there are also a lot of avenues that people might go down to that are hard to prove or hard not to prove. Right. And you always have to remember public opinion is not, is not the jury and not the decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, another, uh, some more vets here. Uh, a lot of signings actually this past week. Eagles uh, re-signed Vinny Curry again uh, for the third time in his career, I believe it is, with the Eagles. One year, two million dollars, one point three million fully guaranteed. He'll give them some D-line depth. Um, he knows the system. Like I said, he's this is gonna be. He's still in his second time in Philadelphia, technically, because he played there last year. Right. But he, he's signing a contract for the third time for them. Um, New England uh, got some running back depth, which I – Coming off an injury, though. It's interesting because a veteran running back got signed, but not the one that everyone thought would get, right. Devontae Freeman. But Lamar Miller gets a one-year deal from the Patriots coming off an ACL injury. But when you think about his history, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but decent years in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that 
that Houston Watson will throw down the field vertically more. But the way that Houston uses their running backs, the way that Patriots use their running backs, you could say that that's comparable, compromisable. Um, not a word, but comparable. Sorry. Um, but then you have our UGA alum. You know, he's had foot, foot surgery, so they need some depth. But I thought it was kind of interesting because Miller's coming off of the ACL injury. So maybe they, they feel totally okay that he's okay after it. Um, maybe he's a put in place until our guy is totally 100%. Um, and then maybe they complement each other. Yeah. Um, I mean... Miller supposedly completely healthy at this point. Um, the only thing is he's going into a really crowded uh, backfield. They already have people in the room. Obviously, Rex Burkhead opted out um, along with their fullback, Danny Vitale. But uh, they still have, like you said, Sony Michelle. They have Damian Harris, James White. Uh, those are the top three guys. James White's experience. James White could play. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he's used. I mean, the Patriots have historically used a, a committee backfield anyways, using um, at most four backs in a season anyways. So he, he could definitely uh, carve out a, a nice little role there in New England. Um, definitely not not on the fantasy radar, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not picking him up? You just you actually gave me your pick so that you could have I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, my my fantasy sleeper from New England though was Damian Harris. Uh, I think in his second year he he can have a a nice season there. Uh, my sleeper pick is um, head coach. <laughs> Don't bet against him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, more vet news here. Uh, another Eagles wide receiver, uh, which annoyed me. Uh, Linebacker Jatavis Brown retired with the Eagles, and it annoys me because he was supposed to be supposed to come in and um, compete for snaps at a position that the Eagles haven't had uh, very much star power no. in a couple of seasons. So it's still the young guys, T.J. Edwards and uh, Nathan Gary, as well as third round pick Davion Taylor. I, I think those are going to be the guys that go. I don't. Uh, there's not a lot of other depth pieces that they can lean on to to start. So they're going to have to. You know, I don't see how there's going to be any person to sign to fill those. If it becomes a problem, they're going to have to find a way to trade for somebody. And then when you look at the trade market, who's out there to fill that? Most teams don't want to give those guys up. Yeah, and I mean, it's like I said, it's his, it's historical um, track record for Howie Roseman. He just had that's a position that he has not not put a lot of salary cap into. So, um, not surprising, but still, Miami um, they filled their kind of opt out spots up because they had Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson both opt out at the wide receiver position, so they signed. Ricardo Lewis, um, he's a former Brown and a former Colts wide receiver, Chester Rogers. I think Rogers definitely the better of those two players. Way better. He played he played pretty well in Indy at his time there. He might have had some 
decent people throwing to him. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, you be the judge of that. <laughs> uh, talking about Andrew Luck, definitely not Jacoby Brissett. Um, <laughs> Mike Daniels, the longtime Packer D lineman, signs in Cincinnati, and he adds to a really good defensive line there now. With Geno Atkins, DJ Reader signed in free agency. They also have Carlos Dunlap at defense. Right. So I know I think that the Bengals defense should be much improved this this year. It's a tough. I mean that if you think about that whole division, you think about good defenses, right? I mean you think about the Ravens, the Steelers, and all their firepower that they've had, and now you know the Bengals have had their their defenses have always stacked up. It's just can their offense score? Yeah. So it's another good piece for the defense, and let's see if the offense can score. And I think that's what I think that's kind of their uh, their game plan going into this season with a rookie quarterback is to play low ball. I forget his name. Where is he? Did he come from? Where did he come from? Oh, he's a national championship I'm champion. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Bubba, be careful on that cigar. But I think I think their their game plan coming into the season is to play low ball to to score, make run, yeah, to not have to score a lot to win the game. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Run, run, shrink the clock. You know, uh, go on long drives if you can. Yeah, get him accustomed to seeing defenses. They don't want him to drop back fifty times a game. That that would be their worst nightmare. And it's always throwing the wolf you know the wolves to lions if you can get someone to block for your quarterback and grow he'll become a good quarterback yeah um and then speaking of protecting the quarterback here so denver they had offensive tackle Juwan james their starting right tackle. that was a big loss that was a big loss so they signed a, a new right tackle now, former Buccaneers, second-round draft pick, DeMar Dotson. Um, he'll come in and, I would assume, start right away. Start right, right away. I mean, that's a that's a good that's a good find for what you lost. Um, he's got to stay healthy, and but his name his name carries with it. But as a second rounder that's played, he'll come in and should start. If not, then. Either he's injured or you got someone behind him that's just ten times better. Yeah, and I mean they they really don't want offensive tackle. They have, they don't have anybody. Uh, Garrett Bowles is probably on his last leg there, anyways, um, and they're hoping to get some some guys in the draft here coming up next year, hopefully for Drew Locke. I mean, not to get off subject, that is someone that I find interesting to see what happens because he had flashes last year and this has nothing to do I'm not a Mizzou fan but being from Missouri I have a lot of people that follow him it's interesting to see how he does because he had flashes of doing okay and he had flashes of running around trying to figure out what football is but is you know is his line going to block for him so it'll be interesting yeah as I've referenced uh, multiple times throughout this offseason here I am a Drew Locke believer, and I am locked in for this season. Oh! <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Hopefully they don't punt a lot. <laughs> another, uh, We had another trade this week as well. Uh, I'm sure not many people really care. 
because it's for an undisclosed 2022 draft pick. But the Lions sent cornerback Michael Jackson to the Patriots. Um, not that they really need corner help at all with the reigning defensive player of the year there, as well as uh, Jason McCourty and J.C. Jackson um, and a lot of other young guys down the depth chart. But um, just it another was guy. Just, it was just a little home cooking. They were helping each other. One Patriot to another Patriot. I mean, one Patriot to a Lion to one Patriot. Yeah, and it's probably the pick's probably never going to get transferred anyways because the conditions are probably something. Stay on the, the roster. That he has to be on the roster with on so many games. Um, and he most likely will get cut anyways in training camp. So, um, Bill's head coach, uh, Sean McDermott, got signed six-year extension. Um, really, it just adds four more years to his deal. Uh, he had two more years left but he gets a little bit more money in those two more years now. So he'll be with the Buffalo Bills through 2025 now. Um, and it's interesting because I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how Josh Allen's contract runs with runs. Sean McDermott's because Allen has, um, I believe, one. He's got his rookie contract. One or two more years I, I can't remember um should have been a four-year rookie contract or 33 year with a fourth year option four year with fifth year option so rounders he's got at least two he's got two and like what we were talking about earlier you and i just i i think it's a great move i don't know about six years but i thought it was a good hire when they took him from carolina mm. And you could see Carolina kind of go downhill after him. But his two playoff appearances have been with quarterbacks, and I'm not taking anything away from Tyrod Taylor because he could reel off an explosive play. My knock on Tyrod Taylor was in the year, the first year he took him to the playoffs, they were winning games 9-6. to six. They just couldn't score. Tyrod was getting them down the field. He just wasn't getting them into the end zone. And then you have drafted Josh or Allen, and man, everything's like he's got the strongest arm in in the league or in the draft. Now he's got one of the strongest arms in the league. Well, can he hit anybody, or is it can anybody get open? And then he's running for his life, and they're still winning ball games. So a great defensive mind. B, I really just think that he keeps people together and focused on a goal. Um, I think that he's good leader and if you can do that in the two playoff appearances in the last three years and let's not forget that he was going against the machine I mean he might not have beat the Patriots for the division title but he got into the playoffs right and he made it pretty competitive both times I mean they didn't necessarily go far but it wasn't like they were blown out quote me if I'm wrong you can look up those scores pretty sure I've seen both of those games yeah, uh, definitely close game last year, um, primetime game against the Patriots in New England. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, preview of our season picks show, but uh, yeah, Bill's definitely AFC East. Some, sometimes it becomes the question, not to interrupt, sorry, I'm bad at that. My wife slapped me right now. Um, love you, Charlotte. 
becomes a question is who you're going to get better. Like what coach are you going to go? And maybe he's lost his playoff games, mm-hmm. but who are you going to go and get better? You know what I mean? And that could be at any level. It could be high school, NCAA, it could be professional, but who on the market are you going to go get or who are you going to pluck? And I don't think there's anyone for Buffalo. His personality fits Buffalo. Um, I think that has a lot to do with a lot of things. So, yeah. And I mean, um, you, you hit it on the nail there. Uh, I think coming, growing up in the, the Andy Reed tree in Philadelphia under Jim Johnson, I think really helped him there. And when he took over for Jim Johnson, didn't really work out in Philadelphia, went to Carolina, back on track. Um, And then obviously came back to the Northeast in in Buffalo. So, yeah, I think uh, we all got to love, we all have to love Buffalo fans. Whether you're a Buffalo, like you dislike them or not, their fans stick with their team. They love it. Let's not forget they went to four Super Bowl, folks, four Super Bowls. And lost every single one of them. They're like the Cubs of the NFL. Don't don't bring that the the Browns have been bad. I get that, but the Bills have been right there, and they just couldn't get over the top. So be happy. I think if you're a Bills fan, be happy with with this extension. Some continuity. You know, if something happens three or four years down the road, and you guys have just stunk for years, then you can. But you don't want him to leave Buffalo and go to to a better roster and win, if that makes sense. Because you give him the keys of the car, I think he McDermott can can win. I would like to see him in Houston. Still baffles me uh, the the four four straight Super Bowls uh, for the Bills and only one of them being close. Um, but when you talk about close games last year. You know, I think without the heroics of Deshaun Watson, the, the Bills probably win in Houston in that playoff game. So, Oh, by far. Um, and, I, and I just think that Houston would be a really good setup for him. I think the way that their defense is, and then you have Watson, who is, was, is similar, has a better arm down the field than Cam. I think McDermott would be the best coach for Houston. And maybe some people are O'Brien fans, but you after the Hopkins trade, I don't even want to talk about that guy. I don't want to talk talk about that guy. Your guys are glad you didn't have me on that show when that happened. Yeah, and if and maybe uh, Hopkins gets injured and never does anything in Arizona, but that you should have kept those guys together. You should have given them a couple more tries. Yeah, and if it weren't for Deshaun Watson, um, don't think Bill O'Brien would be there right now. Mm-hmm. But he is a Penn State guy, and I actually don't think he's I actually don't think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he should be the general manager as well. You can't classify him as a Penn State guy. He was there for like one season, <laughs> one, one second, and then parlayed it. All right, moving on. Sorry, best coach now. Um, Sticking with coaches, though, we have to put our condolences out to the Mudd family. Um, Howard Mudd passed away today at, at 78, I believe it was. Long, old, two-week battle. 
Yeah, yeah, had a motorcycle accident a couple weeks ago, has been in the ICU ever since. Um, but long, long time um, Indianapolis Colt player. He was, or I should say Baltimore Colt. He played with the Baltimore Colts in the Johnny Unitas days um, and then came became a coach with the Colts, had been with the Colts. I know he was with the Eagles for a couple of years. I'm not sure exactly who else he was with. Well, well known in the NFL, well spoke about in the NFL, just prominent person that we lost. Other than Dante Scarnecchia with the New England Patriots, I think Howard Mudd is the best offensive line coach that ever. Um, probably. And what, a, what a cool name for an offensive line coach. Yeah. A <laughs> um, couple more things here that uh, just came up today. So the San Francisco 49ers, um, they're likely going to sign Tavon Austin. Uh, he finally finds a home. Uh, I'm not sure how much he's going to actually do because he hasn't done much in the past couple of seasons. Wow. I'm the wrong person to bring that up because I thought that was just a terrible – and it's not fair to to say it. I, okay, you get paid in the professional realm. It was a terrible pick at the number that he was picked for the Rams. Number eight. Right. I know that he had a great stellar career with West Virginia and more teams are going with speed. But let me tell you, I am a firm believer you do not take a wide receiver that is under six foot two in the top ten. You've got to go and get me balls and where is money made? In the end zone. I want to win ball games. You can take them later in the first round. You can take them in the second or third for their speed but I need someone to get me money in the end zone and you don't take small guys sorry name me a small guy that's a wide receiver that was in the top 10 yes we have Antonio Bryant and we have other guys that are small but you shouldn't take them in the top 10 and I'm speaking that from my size yeah uh, I mean I think what he's going to be able to do is Fill the Dante Pettis punt return role there, and that's wonderful just watching that right now. The Islanders tied it up, so we're good. Um, yeah, but I think I think that even more likely kicks Dante Pettis off the 49ers team after being a second-round pick a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, someone will definitely pick him up because he has elite punt return skills from Washington. He's, so. he's fast. He's fast. Um, My thing is just – I was, I'm so mad about the position that the Rams picked him in. We were, ah, just don't. Um, another thing with the Niners, though, today, uh, it's not. there's nothing official, there's nothing out there yet, but George Kittle is um, getting close. It's getting close to his contract being finalized, his extension, um, going to make him the highest-paid tight end in the league. Yeah, which is I've heard, heard that. <laughs> it's going to be some big money. Um, I guess you and I are invited after this football broadcast to his yacht is what I've heard. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not even sure. I can't even think of what the numbers are going to be because there really hasn't been a big tight end extension since Zach Ertz um, a couple seasons ago. And, you know, we, we have Kittle, we have Kelsey both coming down the line here for extensions. And, I mean, obviously they're the best two tight ends in the league. So I do think um, – Kittle will get it, and I—I I mean, the Chiefs did 
shell out a lot of money for two players. But uh, I think Kelsey will end up breaking Kittles. It's kind of like the way that Manny and Bryce Harper, if that, yeah, that translates. It'll be Kittle for a moment, and then it'll be um, Kelsey after that. And Kelsey's got all the all the personality for that. Yeah. He's fun to watch, man. Kittle's personality isn't bad. He, he's, we've got some tight ends with some personality. You know? <laughs> Think about Gronk. Those are the three dudes in the NFL. Like, if they're if they're throwing a party, you want to be at, right? Yeah. Um, one last thing here. We were talking about uh, the D tackle, the defensive tackle influx. That there's so many opportunities now out there because of yeah. the big name guys that opted out, and one of the better. Um, free agents out there timmy jernigan actually he's going to sign with the jacksonville jaguars it fills the clayus campbell hole that they traded to uh, baltimore so uh, that'll help them in a another rebuild in jacksonville <laughs> well it it is I, it definitely helps them it solidifies the other side of the ball but um i am not advocating that he's going to have a great season but he's He's another person that I enjoy watching with the NFL ticket. I'm turning on Minshew, man. I'm watching the mustache stallion go at it every week. And they it's going to be no different if there's no fans in the stadium for them. No one comes and watches, excuse my language, fucking Jacksonville games. I was in the military. They try to pay military people to go down there and get drunk and watch them. But he's fun to watch, man. He'll sling the ball. Um, he'll have a crazy mustache or some hairdo for you, and we all know who, what he looks like. So yeah, no no pressure on him this year with uh, with a backup quarterback like they had Nick Foles last year. Um, has DJ Chark got Lavisca Chenault in the draft, uh, but they're still projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So <laughs> I still think he should for training camp should rent the van that looks like the uncle <laughs> well I think that is all we have today um, I think we've, well. we've talked too long let's talk about <laughs> one thing though our beloved not beloved he isn't beloved but he is from our our university DeAndre Baker we talked too long at the end about the NCAA I'm you probably don't want me coming back I am a long talker but some serious things going on with DeAndre Baker. Um, whether that comes to fruition or not, uh, we just wish him the best and hope that he figures his life out so that he might possibly get on the field again. I don't know if he'll ever see an NFL field again. I don't know if, in your opinion, did he show enough? Um, there are already red flags. You know, he set out some games. There are some rumors that on campus about him. Um, and I don't know him personally, so I'm, it has nothing to do. It's not a color issue. It's not a person issue. I want someone that has potential and has the opportunity in front, in front of them to do good in life. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Baker charged with four counts of robbery with a firearm. He faces a minimum of 10 years um, and a maximum of life in state prison. Um, his supposed accomplice, Quentin Dunbar, the corner for the Seahawks, wasn't charged um, 
there was insufficient evidence on his part. That's that. That's what I was telling you before we got on live is, and I know your feelings that you know it might be a reduced sentence for Baker because people are going back and forth of what happened, but it it's a red flag when Dunbar has everything dropped, and then they come at Baker with this. Yeah. Um, and, and like we were talking about pre-show there, there were people that supposedly uh, got paid off to say that he wasn't at where um, they said he was, uh, which he denied originally that he wasn't there anyways. And then people said that they were paid to say that. So uh, when you have that, I'm surprised there wasn't any um, conspiracy charges with that as well. Um, yeah, there could have. I thought there might have been some added, you know, just you and I both loving law and looking at law school, some added charges. Um, I also thought maybe it might have been dropped completely because I know that his accusers went one way and the other way, and I thought there were some false allegations at first. But I think it is a serious um, situation because Dunbar is now back in camp. Mm -hmm. Um, DeAndre Baker has been charged with this. I wasn't there. I cannot say what's going on, but I feel for a young man that had everything in front of him. And I know that I am white, and a lot of people can disagree with me, but I came from a trailer park in Missouri. I grew up in a trailer park. I never knew my dad until I was 20 years old. Um, went to his grave. Someone just told me who my dad was. He was dead. I used the military as a way out. There are other ways. And if you get to this point, DeAndre Baker, you were drafted into the NFL. You have to carry yourself a different way. And this is what you hang your hat on. You owe everybody in that locker room your best. And that night was not your best. And that's the scariest thing is I don't think that's who you are. I hope not, mm -hmm. but that one night can ruin the rest of your life. And so before you ever get onto a field, I hope that you figure it out and you realize what's important to you. And I think you can reverse it. Even if it's not on the football field, you can reverse it and maybe you're an SEC coach one day, even if it's just defensive backs, but maybe – you're a head coach in the SEC. I hope that you put this behind you. If not, then I'm, we're praying for you, no matter the outcome. But. Yeah, uh, I I have a hard, hard, strong feeling that uh, DeAndre Baker will never see the football field again, um, as well as the next guy we're going to talk about, Darius Geis. <sighs> I running just, back for the Washington football team um, no longer is a running back for the Washington team uh, because he was released almost immediately after um, his charges came out. One count of strangulation, which is a felony, uh, three counts assault and battery, and one count destruction of property. Like I said, he was released literally um, right after I saw a quote from Robert <coughs> He said, once we heard the um, of the the charges, uh, he said there is just no room for that on the on the team. 
So I'm with you there, not to extend it um, the best, the the most news that I got up until today when we were on the pre-show uh, was, here's the allegations, we cannot, you know, be associated with this player. Some things came out in the last two hours that I read. Look it up yourself. It could be USA Today, CBS Sports is what I was reading. As he strangled her until she was unconscious and was tapping on her and had to do had to wake her up it didn't say cpr or anything like that but woke her up um in a way that you know shook her and he was crying and almost told on himself of what happened so very scary moment um there's some other backstories that she had complained leading up to that they might use in this case so i don't know uh the best you know whether you believe in our court system or not you are innocent until proven guilty so i do not want to like i said in the baker thing i just hope that there's more than meets the eye than reading all this stuff but some sickening charges and um two bright futures and we just gotta wait it's a waiting game that's all that's all it can be i don't think I don't know how either of these two players could play in the NFL this year. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, I think Darius Geis does have a somewhat better chance of playing again. Um, I referenced before uh, how Ray Rice had his domestic assault um, fiasco, and he never played again. But we saw just – it was last year that – Kareem Hunt had an issue as well, and he served an eight-game suspension and is now still um, playing in the NFL. Obviously, this is kind of worse than what Kareem Hunt did, um, but at the same time, um, you know, Darius Geis never really lived up to his potential, um, just like DeAndre Baker. So um, there's definitely no room ever um, to hurt any of anyone like that, let alone um, a female. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we 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 apologize to all females that this has ever happened to. We stand by you, and um, if you guys ever have any issues, I'll I'm gladly to post my number on social media. You can call on me, and I'll get you out of these situations. Just because someone is really talented doesn't mean that they should be on the football field. So this is all sports talk, and we are way more behind you guys. This is not acceptable. 100% agree. Um, I think that is all we have now for the show here. Um, So happy uh, that you're here again, Mark. Uh, the 25th episode i said this on the 20th episode a couple weeks ago that uh i was just so happy to to have the 20th episode and now it's we're a quarter way to 100 and i just can't even imagine like getting to 100 eventually um hoping that this thing grows hoping that i can get more people on board to write and um we're gonna move to a, a two show um week coming up Uh, during the school year here so uh next week we will not be on wednesday 
we're like i said changing to a two-week show um except next week won't be our two-week show we won't start the two weeks until the nfl season starts but we will be moving to mondays at 5 p.m starting next week um and we will be doing a fantasy football mock draft. We'll have about Heck yeah. I, I think we're going to do about four rounds of a fantasy football mock draft. So we'll see who we can get on next week there for that. Uh, I don't know if, if you want to come on for it again. You can, Mark. <laughs> so I do. Before you close, I want to say thank you again. Um, most people know that if you've been in a class that I've taught or a class that I've been a student, in i love to have discussions and open dialogue so i may never be asked again because i talk too much but i want you to know that i remember when you said you wanted to do a podcast and then you were starting one and i was like man that is so cool and i didn't think about it and so that is why you know i have twins i was coaching at the time teaching at the time it's like oh my gosh 25 episodes that is really cool couldn't be more proud of you and Anytime that you want me to come on, my wife no longer lets me play fantasy football because it's like uh, I get so moody and start punching things and we have holes in our walls. No, I'm kidding. Um, she's like, you need to chill out. I start cheering for against the Panthers or the Rams, and she's like, I can't have this. We cannot have this in our home. You can't play fantasy. But I'll come come on and give anyone advice for, for um, drafting I just want to thanks, thank you again for having me. And go Cardinals, even though we're not playing any, and I don't think we will play any games this coming season. If we do, it's way out of the race. Um, <laughs> well, the, the Islanders just uh, took the lead, so... Uh, yeah! Now, out. one thing is Blues are about to go back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions. I wouldn't be... Uh, I would be fine with that. That's fine. As long as no one from the Eastern Conference wins it, that's okay with me. I think I, I actually think the Golden Knights right now, but um, the Vegas stoppage hurt us, so I don't think that'll happen. Vegas Golden Knights is where um, I'm going with right now. Um, I do too. They look good. Like I said, I have to root for a Western Conference team now. The Flurry is always good in clutch situations. So. Well, they have Robin Leonard right now in goalie, and he's uh, wanted all six of his starts with the team. So, ah. um, one last thing here. The Browns, uh, just looking at Twitter, I just got it a couple minutes ago. The Browns are uh, getting a check on uh, Ronald Leary, longtime Dallas Cowboy offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking to get some uh, interior offensive line depth there. So we'll nice. See. Nice. But, I would like to see them have a good year <laughs> a competitive year does that make sense yeah uh, i didn't say win anything just be competitive for one time <laughs> we'll see how everything uh pans out there um like i said again next week monday 5 p.m we'll have our fantasy mock draft have about four or five people on um and it'll be a good time so uh remember sports for all scholarship on our website, fapodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at fapodcast. Um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Rusty. <laughs>